Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Welcome back, guys. It is Pottercast 151. Ooh. 151. I'm Melissa, just so we can get all our voices straight. Hi, I'm Melissa. I'm here with Sue Upton. Sue, why don't you say your name now? Hi, I'm Sue Upton. How y'all doing? <laughs> who? Oh my God, it's Sue. It's Frank, me. who are you? Sue. That's me. Frank. Huh? Who are you? Say your name for the record, please. My name is Frank. Frankie Franco. Or Frankie Franco. Or Frank Franco. Name. Or Frack, whatever you want to call me. And John, let's just get you on record just for the sake of it. And I'm wrong. <laughs> and your hands all sweaty. <laughs> now that we have that terribly difficult business out of the way, let's say hello to podcast number 151, where oh, we're talking yay. again for the almost third year straight about Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Yeah. So before we do I'm anything else. I'm getting kind of tired of these books. No, you're not. Thank you. Oh my God! Somebody said shut up, shut up to John before I could. That was amazing. That might be the first time it's ever John happened. I just know John well enough now that he knows I don't mean it in a mean way. I love it. <laughs> I got back up. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. Before we do anything else, we have to hear from our friends at Audible.com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Go to Audible.com/slash/Pottercast today for details. All the back. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. What is up this week, guys? How's everybody doing this week? Huh? Great. I'm waiting for the the trailer. (laughs) Pretty. I want the trailer. I'm just saying. Next week, we think? Oh, I want to see it so bad. I think this week. We're putting bets? I'm thinking. This week or like, like, like when this podcast comes out within the next six or seven days. Yes, I agree. Whenever this podcast comes out, it'll be the week that this podcast comes out. That's what I'm, my little puffly senses are saying. first. Yeah. Sue Trelawney. That's a, it's a pretty good Trelawney, Sue. Yeah. Pulling a Trelawney. Should I have some sherry to toast that? Kind of bad. All right, what else is happening in the news this week, Um, Sue? Speaking of, oh, it's news time. uh, Speaking of, of, of movies and stuff, we keep, um, speaking of, of trailers and things, we kind of saw a little teeny bit, like, on, of, Opal yarn, of all things, yarn packaging, of all things. We saw new pictures, stills of yarn, of did you what? say? what is it? On yarn, seriously. Yarn? Yeah, there was a whole... Oh. Do you remember that we had a poster on, on Leaky, and it wasn't an official Half-Blood Prince poster, but it was an official poster of some sort? It was for yarn. Yes, uh, yarn. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There was some Leaky, there was some poster that we had in a news article... And it was, it looked like a, it like looked for so knitting, official yarn. that it made a news post, but it was for yarn. I don't know what this is. Do you have more information about what this yarn thing um, is? It's actually a company in Germany. Like, it's just yarn? It, it is. It's yarn. It's a legitimate yarn company. And, and they're making special, like, um, yarn for Harry Potter yarn. <laughs> so it's like, you know, scarves and socks and whatever not. And each of these are wrapped with a different thing. And they oh. say, I know, believe it or not. <laughs> and they have a new photos of Harry. They have one of Harry and Ron. They have one of Tonks, of Lupin. It says Harry Potter and Half Lupin. But it's in German. So whether or not they got the word from Warner Brothers <laughs> not to put the stuff out, I don't know. It's mm. very bizarre. Very bizarre. Do they have it's any funny. of Harry and Jenny no, making out? sorry. There's no How necking yarn specific. for you. Aww. No snogging yarn. <laughs> necking. That'd be the most popular because that's what sells. 
time. Probably would. would buy when it. I when I go to look for yarn, I look for the sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good I quality for yarn to have. It is. I don't know. You know, I mean, we have the. If I sew with this yarn, I'm going to get the kiss. I mean, of all the places that you or, would think that we would see, uh, uh, probably Harry would probably be more appropriate you know, there. It's hard just to not like want to respond to him, but it's just going <laughs> to kind of keep moving right along. I don't. Anyway, so that's that's in our galleries, and I don't know. I'm I don't know Warner Brothers. Moving right along, <laughs> yeah. sexy yarn. That's um, fun. Speaking of Tonks, and we heard from Natalia Tenna who plays a Tonks, and she was at a um, collector manias, which are like you know conventions where people you can go get their autographs and stuff. And she talked to one of the fan sites, and she said she's only in one scene in Half Blood Prince. And it was the attack on the borough. Aww. What? Didn't she also say something else? Yes, she said that they just kind of show up as a couple. And then in Deathly Hallows, she wants to um, fly with Pregnant Belly as Tonks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, cool. But th- does it, is it her that said that Dumbledore's funeral is not Yes, she did say that. And we don't know, but she said that what? they... What? It's not, they're not filming that. They did, it's not in this, they didn't film it. Right. I mean, it's not That's it's obviously not big news. from Warner Brothers, but it is kind of big kinda news. Kind of big news. Um, oh my god! Oh, sucks. If, yeah, I yeah. wanted to see that. What? I mean, I know that I. I are they well, just? Not, are they I'm, gonna I'm, like have the story be like they didn't have a funeral, or like they just be like, oh, I just got back from the funeral. That was rough. Maybe they just, just don't go through the motions of having the funeral. Maybe it's just the next day they talk, they go their ways, and you know. Yeah, you know, I have it. to say this is kind of. Poetic for all of the the chopping of the end of the movie Dumbledore yeah. bits. This is like the final chopping of the end of the book, end of the movie right. Dumbledore bit. Yeah, not having his funeral. It's like well, we're gonna come come Deathly Hallows. We're gonna have the uh, the bit in the little afterlife dream sequence kind of thing, and Dumbledore, you know, probably will uh, you know just call Harry on the phone or something at that point. Be like, oh, right. sorry. Chopped I mean, I can scene. see how, like, he, they could do make it very dramatic and just kind of, like, you know, like, go from his shot of his body and everything gathered around to, like, a fadeaway scene to, like, like his tomb, like, in the distance the next morning. You know, they fade up or something and come. you can see the white tomb, gl- you know, glittering in the background. And then they can just go to Harry okay, and then, like, walking true. away from him or something. I mean, they, they can, you can just, like, get the message without actually having that scene, which I can see them doing for, the, for like, a fact. But okay, I heard that they were going to have him spontaneously combust, <laughs> like a phoenix. <laughs> When he hit the ground, and then the little baby. Oh no, he was or like, he was going to oh. fall off the tower and then hit the ground and turn into like a bunch of blue and purple uh, sparkles and, and things, like the yeah. dragon. And, oh, and then we'll have that same overhead shot of watching him. We're ruining the end of Enchanted for people. <laughs> oh, there's no dragon it. in Enchanted. There's no dragon. I love that movie. Oh, I don't even care. Who knows? I love that movie. That's just the movie's amazing. What do you mean you don't care? Who knows? Why would you care? I don't know. Was, my sisters even teased me about liking that movie, but whatever. Movie's great. Shush. Okay, could you know how we were talking about like scenes that they're cutting, like you know the Dumbledore scene? But one thing that we they might have put in because right. there was like we keep hearing like little minor casting parts, but there was somebody that was cast as somebody named Sophie who's in the opening. Her on her on the casting side, it says that she was in the opening boardroom scene of Happy Love Prince. Boardroom opening boardroom scene. Are they? Is this going to be I like don't a know. ministry? No, that's what we're all thing? talking. Or the it minister? Must be that the prime I thought they had cut that. We had heard rumors before that they had cut the other other minister chapter, you know, scene, oh. and then that we had you heard rumors what? before mm. that they had cut the other minister chapter, you know. But now, if they cast somebody for that, maybe yeah. maybe it's in. I don't know. 
Maybe because think about that. what that scene would be. It would be a lot of people who have never been in a Harry Potter movie before and Cornelius Fudge and Rufus Scrimgeour who really aren't the type who are going right. to get rumors going around the internet. They're kind of those actors yeah. who want to stay by themselves. You know? I heard that, I heard that they <laughs> cast Tony Blair. <laughs> yes, John. They cast Tony Blair. Uh-huh. He was into it. He's like, you know, Harry Potter was big for my country <laughs> no. and I want to be a... Uh, Leave my mark. They should. They should be. They should cast oh, the guy yeah. who him in the Queen. Really good. He's a good actor. He was great. Yeah, it was. He was great. Well, he's just happy. teaching classes now these days, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he like he a, a, a professor a now class. or something? Yeah. I, but just one. Yeah. He, can, he can take a few sick days but and go shoot a few scenes. Why are? Why do you have a yen for it to be Tony Blair? What's the deal? Because it's cool. Because he would have been a prime minister at the time that this is happening. Yeah. Well. Okay, John. Wouldn't he? How long was he prime minister for? No, I think you're but right. I it's just, in that time frame. It ain't going to happen. Just, you know, it's just not going to happen, John. It's kind of cool. You know? <laughs> like this big, it'd be this big reveal. Like, oh. Oh, everybody oh. starts screaming in the theater. Oh, okay. You know what? Which right. is, which is really in. fascinating well, because I love the BBC. I do. I love them. And I was really surprised, but they showed some aerial footage of Leavesden Studios in England where they filmed the Harry Potter movies. And they showed all the sets out back. They showed Privet Drive set. They showed the um, footage <gasps> of the burrow. You can see the burrow, which is really cool. And, and it... And, Whoa. It does. It looks really cool. And it looks like that they've created, and some are speculating it's orphanage, but I think it's the base of the astronomy tower. Because if you look, it's like an enclosed courtyard, and then we, because we have all the caps in our in our galleries, and there's like a rounded thing, like it's the astronomy tower. That's what I think it is. Way cool. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. But, man. I mean, I remember huh. when we were there for the, the thing, it was oh, raining all day when we couldn't go out and look at any of the sets. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Bummeroni. Um, uh, I wanted to happened? say Joe um, did a couple things. There's one she's contributed this, uh, it's called a story card for a charity auction that her and some other authors are going to donate uh, and they're going to ra- raffle off this, well, auction off, excuse me, not raffle, um, something for um, a dyslexia um, charity in the UK. Mm-hmm. And and it's, so it's going to be some raffle. sort of creative thing. We don't know what it is. Yeah. It's on a blank thing. We don't know if it's going to be a little short story, if it's going to be a sketch. We don't know. But I thought that was kind of cool to bid on and um this yeah. is one more legal thing um joe uh won a uh legal matter in the uk and i think it has and the reasons why we're talking about this is about um photographs involving photographs of her young son david and they had taken that court right melissa they had gone to yeah. court and it was on the appeal yeah and it just shows you how how you have to try on yeah. these things it's been two years yeah. since she filed this case and she lost the initial case and appealed it yeah. and it was reversed on appeal um, and it's basically it's it's an interesting ruling because it's saying that while 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 they accept that the, that even to an extent her husband but mostly Joe accepts that she's a public mm-hmm. figure and pictures will get taken that tr- doesn't automatically mean that your children are public figures too and are applicable to the same rules so they're basically saying that children of celebrities have a right to be protected and I think that's important uh, legislation certainly in Britain but all over the globe you know so yeah. I respect her so much for you know. Just putting up with all the tedious paperwork and the the time frame for that because it sets such a nice precedent. Like I was I was subbing today and we watched a video on just corporations and how like originally corporations were started to help mm-hmm. and they had agendas, but then like just through legal loopholes, they've become these like these these 
beings, these entities in society, the law without the repercussions that, like people would have if they were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting, and it just it goes for f- just to show like our courts has such influence on our society, and the fact that she kind of stuck out, just stuck with it just to kind of set this positive precedent yeah. is so encouraging. It's it's really encouraging for somebody with the resources to do so fighting these kind of these kind of things because the children mm-hmm. children can't and most authors and you know aren't aren't really in a position to to use that the money their money that way and most other celebrities let's be frank haven't exactly. really fought these battles because well a lot of them use it to their advantage right. it's annoying they'll sell the stories mm-hmm. they'll sell the pictures to the magazines right. and they'll just perpetuate that this is okay and that we're used to seeing you know, whatever. Surrey. Oh yeah, three million dollars yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, all all I nine of Angelina Jolie's kids. So finally, somebody's thinking about the interests of the actual yeah. children, which I think is admirable. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, and I mean, I'm all for yes. freedom of expression. You know, I mean, you should have it, but there, there's no need. Why do you need to see the photographs of their young, eighteen-month-old children? Why? Why? What? Right. what what's the point of that? To be honest, until Radio City Music Hall, when I saw her in person, not Carnegie Hall, but Radio City, because it just happened to turn around and she was there, I'd never seen yeah. Jessica Rowling. I'd never never seen a picture. Like, that's how private they've mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. which is kind of amazing. And good for you her, know? you know? I mean, they, they, so, they said yeah. in their statement they want a normal life for their that's children. Right. And, you know, yes. her and her husband, Dr. Murray. And you know what? Good for yeah. them. I bring it on. That's good. Do we have other legal stuff to talk about this week? What's, what's Mr. Hammer up to this week? Mr. Hammer Mr. is preparing Hammer. his briefs today as we're recording this, but maybe by the time this is cu- this comes out, we'll have... Oh, God. I hope by the time this comes out, we don't have to record a whole other podcast discussing the end. No. But um, soon, there'll either be a judgment or a settlement, If which I would have no reason not to believe they aren't working on a settlement if they can get there um, in the Lexicon case. So that's what's happening now. We're still Sweet. just... Really? Waiting. I can't wait. I can't wait to start my Mr. Hammer fan site. John. With all the the flash animation films I'm going to make with him going on adventures and fighting crime and hammering things, he's going to sue you eventually. Always, awesome. oh, it could be a completely other different Mr. Hammer. It's a very there's common so name. many of them. <laughs> oh, yes, a, a, a hammer shaped um, biped action hero fighting crime by hitting people John. with its. It's head. Just a reminder for those who aren't familiar, we're not taking, uh, you know, advantage of 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 people knowing what goes on here. The Lexicon case is the one in which J.K.R. and Warner Brothers are attempting to stop publication of an unauthorized encyclopedia. Um, and basically, the judge now has to figure out the trials happened, and the judge has to look at everything that's gone on and figure out whether the book can be published as is or not. And in the meantime, as he has urged, and judges tend to urge. They are working and hopefully in the background to try and get to a place where they can settle so that it doesn't have to set precedent. And take like five years in appeals courts. Somebody else talk about what's what else is happening in the lawsuit this week so that we can dispense. I, I hadn't I hadn't been following it this week, to be honest. You I'm lie. What? Um <clears throat> there was an article that appeared in the Sorry. New Yorker magazine and it's New Yorker Mag yeah. Oh that one. Oh that, oh, that one. one. Oh, that! Uh, oh, these articles coming out with these people trying to write about the J.K. Rowling case because they think it's going to sell articles, and they do the bare minimal research about it and try to make you know cute jokes about it and write make you know queer drawings of Joe and Steve in their article and 
you know, what, whatever. Such so, stupid. So, you know, so can you can you explain? And their 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 clever um, language that they use too. It's like, oh, she's so poignant with the verbiage they use. So uh, can you explain before uh, we get to um, the <laughs> Yes. No, that's fine. Uh, this was written sorry, by a man named Tim Wu, who is a professor of law, at, I believe, at Columbia University, and um, I believe attended the trial that John and Melissa attended as well in New York of the uh, WA. Yeah, I I I, I, uh, I recall it perfectly because I remember who he was sitting next to. Uh, and the point Supposedly. of this article was not to talk about the legal merits of the case. It was trying. It was titled "Fan Feud," and the point was to talk about how the fandom is uh, between Steve Vanderark and Melissa, and trying to say, you know, uh, uh, there there was quotes that you know that you know mm-hmm. I don't even have to verbalize this, but it was. Uh, <laughs> It was. They yeah. were ridiculous. Two quotes. Um, what he two said quotes in like, there are. Yes. We should just clarify right now. They were misquoted and also taken out of context. Mister. <laughs> Mister. Wu has apologized to me after lengthy conversations, and um, the New Yorker has agreed to run a correction. Really? Um, yes. Okay. So <laughs> basically, there were two quotes. One was that were ascribed to me. That were all right. So basically, there were these two quotes. One was, quote-unquote, he's vilified now, referring to Steve. The other one was, he has ruined his good standing. Now, technically, Mm-mm. I did not say those things. Technically, in last week's or the weeks before that's podcast, Sue said those things. But even though she said those things, and that's the accurate thing, the way it was portrayed in the article still isn't quite fair because it was saying, it, it was used as evidence that we have this feud and we are vilifying him but sue wasn't saying we announced that he is vilified now <laughs> sue was yeah. saying <laughs> you know <laughs> the leaking cauldron has declared declaration like no <laughs> she was saying like, this is what's happening in the fandom he's he's been vilified and he's ruined his I standing and- place my cauldron stamp upon this parchment yeah i know be made into law <laughs> at the fans say this Ludicrous. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so there's Which that, and then later, John's words got taken out of context. John, yeah. who was just it's, uh, John's, and and if you look really closely, I discovered when I was rereading this article for the 18 millionth time. When if you look really closely, the the, the, the statements don't follow because they're used as. John's words were, um, "It's like if a family member goes out and does something horrible." John said, "Whatever." There is no room for sympathy. If you look at those two quotes, they don't make sense because it's like when a family member does something horrible is you're saying they're sympathy, but they're still your family. And John said that yeah. as an argument for sympathy. And much later, or maybe much earlier, just certainly not connected, you said there's no room <laughs> for sympathy when you were yeah. talking about how you don't feel this, the sympathy for being outcast from a fan community when you don't exactly. feel exactly like a fan. Exactly. So, That's why it was ridiculous. Yes. And I remember they called me. I was driving on my way to the zoo with my sister and my nephew and this 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 lady calls to fact check and i'm like you know i let me call the effing transcription elves i don't remember what i said we've done 151 of these things that's what i said to her too she said to me we got this from the podcast did you say this i said look i really can't remember i'm not going to tell you yes i'm not going to tell you no you have to go look at the podcast and clearly she went maybe she went back to the podcast and heard that the quote was there but didn't check that it was Mm -hmm. my voice and not sue's and since I spent like an hour or 45 minutes on the phone with, with Tim Wu, I feel like that, mm-hmm. that error should have been his to catch, you know? 
No. Um, yeah. But he's apologized, and that's that's all that's you know that's all that's necessary as far as that thing is concerned. As, as far as I'm but you know people read people read articles. They don't read corrections. So damage is done, and 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 then uh, I don't. John, say what happened at the end of the article because I. Oh, the whole quote on how. He said that uh, Melissa Anelli is comfortable with her position. J.K. Rowling is a is is God, and she is her prophet. Whatever. I'm sorry. No, it's it's Get a pretty it's a pretty to yourself. That's a very heavy statement. It's a pretty yeah. You know how damning is it? You know to to say that uh, J.K. Rowling respects somebody as as a fan and someone who's done a pretty good job. You know, re- representing you know the uh, the the interests of of the fans and and using you know any kind of uh, of influence having a big Potter fan site has to to protect the fans against you know spoilers and everything else that the site's done. So so yeah, to you know to say that you know Joe would appreciate somebody like that. That's a pretty mean thing to say, I think. And you know. What I don't know what. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's 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 a very transparent um, motivation behind saying something like that. So, in context, the, the the comment followed a statement that Joe had sought me out and hugged me during during the proceedings. Which, it was a dark alley, and uh, <laughs> yeah. she was looking both ways first, and uh, it was very shady. There was drugs exchanged. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think Steve was in the courtroom for that. To be very honest, I don't think he saw it. I think this article might have been how he found out, but. He, and he said, you know, that might have done more to hurt to hurt Mr. Vanderock than the rest of it. And he said something like, I can't blame her for liking her status, which is just I, I got I found out about it about two o'clock in the morning. And, and John was the only person awake. Yeah. <laughs> he sent to this email, like completely distraught and in shock. And John got to hear my my blubberings. Um, but um, poor John. But um, poor John. Yeah. No, whatever. I spent a very long time on the phone with Mr. Wu for this article talking about the actual concepts of the case and in during which he told me that he thought that i had turned him around on the case uh he's been a very active pro rdr person and he's been a very um clear advocate of expanding copyright um and um he repeatedly asked me to comment on the breakup of of mine and steve and ark's friendship and i wouldn't and i kept saying no and then um he he said something like he called him a rogue fan and then he went wait wait did you did you say he was a rogue fan i said no he said do you do you want to i said no <laughs> and, and like every time he asked i just said Are like, you Look, kidding I'm, me? So, I'm, I'm sorry it's personal and i'm, I'm just i'm just not oh. so um i was very hurt and that's all i'm gonna say about yeah. it okay. it it I'm going to say this. It disturbs me that this point has been reached in this outcome of the case. It has nothing to do with legal matters. Nothing. And mm-hmm. having worked in the media, and I, I love it. It's what I do. I spent the last 20 years of my life, and that's what I do. I love it. But when we take this kind of, you know, making fun of fans, as been pointed out to me, this is nothing new. Making fun of, you know, we're all people. It's, it's easy for the media to say, oh, look at these freaks, these geeks, these whatever. But you try, I believe this was a deliberate attempt, and and this is my opinion, my personal opinion, that it was a deliberate attempt to stir the pot where there was not pot to be stirred. There's enough out there as it is. And it disappointed me on so many levels, I can't even, I I just, why are we here? Why why are we at this point? This has been very difficult for me, and I don't understand this. I don't understand we got to this point. I don't see the need for this, and... You know, I'm glad he apologized. I'm, I'm glad he apologized to you, Melissa. But it. you know what? Oops. He is a he is a well, professor. Wait, who apologized? Someone, and I would like Whoa. to get my doctorate too. 
And I, if I would ever teach my students that this is the kind of quality journalism, then I would not be a. I would not consider myself a, a viable no. uh, educator, and I would not. I would be ashamed of that. And I just, I find this just. You know, I understand. I understand. You get to a to point, and you just get you get emotional. And there's been so much anger on both sides. There's been so much, and it's been very, 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 very difficult as as a person who's tried to see both sides. It's just been horrible horrible to sit and watch this and then when i see something like this printed that Mm -hmm. the new yorker has a million readers they are a widely respected magazine and um yeah i know and so i everything you say is a hundred percent it's it was because it was the new yorker i mean it's it's there's a a million blogs out there that say a million different things and nobody's going to kick up dirt about that but when a respected institution of journalism says something like that about about you and yeah. makes those implications it's, you know it's it's um and y- to, to clarify he he apologized to me about the misquote he didn't make no apologies about about the tone of the article which which i agree with you is 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 wrong and it's, it, a, it's about as absurd as the illustration that accompanied it to me I and mean, that's what i i saw the thing that's the first thing i saw i'm like what what is this clown trying to do here you know and, and so i read the whole article in that in that light of you know you know, gosh, I've really taken you know, this, I, uh, this issue And I understand seriously. that Mr. Wu has, yeah, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a fair-use proponent, and that's fine. That's his thing. And if this is supposed to be an opinion piece, I, I, it wasn't really reading to me as, as an opinion piece, but more as, like, trying to be a factual thing. I mean, I, don't, I personally don't think that either side looked very, you know, I just, mm. I, I just, I, I yeah, yeah. <sighs> wow. And you know what? He's entitled to his opinion, but my God, so- this is not the way to do it. My God. I'm sorry. That's just—it's just—and he couldn't understand. He kept saying things like, you know, but, but no, but it's flattering to you. And I'm like, no, it's, he's like, well, I publicized that you have a good relationship with Joe, and I'm just like, well, that's neither here nor there. That's not—that's not something to throw a party about, it's you know. Issue, and, and it's and, kind of a backhanded way of doing like, it. This is what you have to understand. It has been seven months of this trial, seven months of watching the fandom go at each other with their teeth bared seven months of being very upset personally about things that are private about things about revelations that have been made about the breakup of something that i thought was a friendship about everything and i've worked very hard sometimes successfully sometimes not successfully i'll be very honest about that but you know i'm human like everybody else and to to keep my comments and to keep everything sterile and not stir things not do to not do that and i said to him and then you took something that could only look harsh in print and ascribed it to me in the new yorker i was like so can can you can you understand why that upsets me and that's when he apologized so it's being in journalism is like being a privately paid public servant you have you 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 have a responsibility to not do this to people which is why we've never made made sweeping declarations and opinions in our posts about this because it's just it's just not it's it's just not (laughs) you know and 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 so yeah this has been a really trying week for that you know and i'm not gonna make any uh, i steve is my friend here if we haven't said it before hey steve is my friend steve is my friend and it's been hard for me to watch this and see this kind of thing and i don't think that this personally helped his side if you have to say a side oh i don't think look i don't think anybody benefited by that piece uh and i just don't i don't understand no, i didn't. just i keep going back to this and it's the mantra say i don't understand it i don't get why we're at this point anymore 
And I'm praying that there's a settlement, and maybe it's mm-hmm. foolish and naive of me to hope so, but I keep hoping that we could reach something. I hope so too. I hope I hope it's Sue. I hope it's 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 written to to be a great commentary encyclo- in plus encyclopedia that includes a lot of facts and does all the right sourcing and does all the everything. I hope it's 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 right. redone to all those specifications and is awesome. And I hope I hope Mr. Van der Ark goes on to a happy and healthy <laughs> and fruitful and long and and <laughs> most of all healthy life. Whether that's in fandom, outside of fandom, whatever. I just. I think you are right in the statements that you have recently made publicly that to see the fandom just going like this and like this and like this is 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 anyway what I just said that you might have missed is that I just hope that, that this is to see, to see the fandom oh. go back and back and forth and, and 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 be vicious is is really wearing on everybody and it's just you know you wake up, I wake up every day and I go see what's happening with this because it's incumbent upon the people who run yeah. the site to just kind of keep keep you know it's a big issue right now and it's i can't tell you what it's like it's just a constant drain like there's a faucet on my brain you know i mean i haven't i mean i haven't really been reading a hell of a lot of it myself though i mean is this something that is it when you say it's splitting the fandom is there honestly that many people on the other side of this no i think it's just a loud minority of fandom honestly i think i think that people have strong views but if you're talking about the fandom as a whole you can't make generalizations that way I think these are there's like maybe like ten percent of fandom generally who's really s- seriously interested, and another ten percent of that who are actually active. And I think there's an awful lot of us that are hurt by it all. Maybe, no, I, and that's that's a reality. I think a lot of us just want this. They can't believe this, and you know, no one wants this. I mean, who wants this? Who wants it? No one. You know? Oh, nobody, 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 nobody wants it. I don't care what what you say exactly. to anybody on either side. Exactly. Nobody right. wanted exactly. this to go to court. Yes, please. Can we get out of this? I'm like, you got to yeah. see. I'm like, I'm like tearing my hair. I'm like rushing. Okay, let's talk about, let's, let's let's talk about some canon, and then um, we, we have some more oh, auditions this wait, week. The Sue, last uh, John, Sue, John, we have the we'll thing do it in, in Florida. The oh, okay, we'll I thought we should announce it here, but okay. I'll, I'll remember it more in the wrap up. <laughs> okay, well, listen to the wrap up, everybody. Okay. Uh, we have uh, the third round of, um, not the third round, but the third part of our first round of auditions um, for the acting troupe coming up, too. And um, we will have our polls fixed on Pottercast.com uh, very soon. And uh, we'll, we'll leave the voting open for all three of those parts for you guys to... Uh, we should also um, put up a flash file of, of, of the actual audition pieces above each poll, I think. Yeah. Just to be Would fair, because it's been... People don't remember, you know? Yeah, that'd be handy. Yeah. Okay. Let's push on. Yay! To the drum. Oh, to the other stuff. To, to everything else. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? And here we are with Canon Conundrums. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Canon Conundrums. We are doing everybody's favorite game. <laughs> it is. What house were they in? Me too. I like Where we play this. the sorting hat. <laughs> That's just a blatant disregard for popular uh, yes, um, opinion. Uh, belief here, yeah. And here we are with the. I think we should make a sorting hat. We song. should. Like it's time to sort people on the podcast show. Sorting, sorting's fun. I, sorting I just I can't hat. wait to have a big um, list. But 
I swear, I know, but actually, though, we decided this yeah. might be our last for one while. for a while. We can bring it back later. <gasps> not because anybody we'll said the not to do it anymore, just because we're running out of characters and we want to save <laughs> some just, for later shows. We're not, we're not running out of characters. There are so many characters in these books. We're not running out of characters. Uh, we're just kinda, I think we're a little bit bored, too. Yeah. No, but this bored. is a good one. I'm excited on about this one. This is what we've been saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is Mr. Ab- Aberforth Abe Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Abe Dumbledore. Never was like, well, shouldn't he automatically be I never gave this much a thought. Gryffindor? But I don't know about That's that. That's what you would think. The Dumbledore mm-hmm. family is not your run-of-the-mill ordinary family. So, traditional... Um, traditions may not apply to uh, family members. Well, it's not a it's not a rule. It's just like a rule. You know, it's just kind of true that way. Because look at the the the, the you do twins. have the Patil they're twins, twins. and they're What's the Patil twins' history, by the way. Are they are they magic family? Are they Muggle family? Do we know? Hmm. I think they're. I don't think we know, but I would I would imagine they're um, at least like half. I don't know why I would think. No, that. I'm just I'm just curious because I don't, I don't know. It, like the when you're a magical family and you have, is it sort of like getting into Harvard because your grandfather went there? Like, is it that if your whole family is in Gryffindor, do you, uh, is, <laughs> is that weight it? You know, yeah, legacy. That's, legacy. that's the word. I'm sorry. Thank you, John. You are the one between us that has the vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> 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 clearly, you are. You're the one who came up with the word. So what am I saying? Um, um, there I am. No, I don't know. I'm just curious because it's tempting to just call him a Gryffindor, but I- I'm I'm stumped. He's I don't think not. he is either. Do you? Uh, I think he is. He has been hiding out. He's hiding out in that yeah, hogshead. I think he's Gryffindor. He's just hanging out there. There's no bravery right, to this guy. Uh, well, there's this quiet bravery. There's no bravery that he doesn't buy into mm-hmm. all this stuff. So he just, well, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, what do you think he is? Yeah. I think mm. he's a Slytherin. Slytherin. I think that would have been a very, very interesting ambitious. dynamic for him and Albus to be a Gryffindor and Slytherin. You know what? I disagree. Because that actions at the end were not about saving himself, looking for him. He helped those true. people uh, in and out. And I think he's a Hufflepuff. And, and I know you're going to be, oh, God, here she no, goes again. I'm- but... <laughs> I'm just saying. Now. I'm just saying he did not have to stand up in that manner to make sure that those kids got in. Those people got in and out that whole time. He could have closed down that whole passageway any old time he wanted yeah. to. I just, you know, that's brave but, too. I'm, I'm stuck between Ravenclaw. I mean, I mean Hufflepuff and Gryffindor actually. Yeah. Here's the problem with this guy. Yeah. I think if we wanted to be sorting what? people post their Hogwarts days and we said, what house is Severus Snape in? We all might come up with something different than Slytherin. So, <gasps> to try to sort That's what we should do next is Aberforth. to sort all the adults that we know of. Uh, I, I would love to I talk mean, about ooh. Snape. To try to for sure. Totally. Because I think he's a Gryffindor. Yeah. And people be like, oh! But I do. I think he's in- Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Who, Snape? No, he's a Slytherin. Because look at why he was doing this. He was doing it. But for don't Lily get it started now because Lily. I'll go on forever. I'm not because... denying that he wasn't brave. <laughs> we can't start this. We can't start this. Yeah. Sorry, oh, we won't bunny trail. We won't bunny trail. Bunny trail. <laughs> you never heard that expression? No. A bunny trail. It's like a bunny trail. It's like when you it get off. Adorable. You get off the, the main course. <laughs> 
It's like it's like a tangent. I mean, like, oh, like you, like the, off the main road, and there's a little trail that a bunny left because a bunny. Yeah, it's like oh, God, I thought you were talking about eating that's bunny. Only, like I've been called on out, called out on that a few times. Like I'll say, oh, we're on a bunny trail, and everyone's like, WTF? What are you talking about, bunny trail? Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? And then I said something the other day. I said, what did I say? I said, um, oh dang it! And everyone was all like. What in the world do you mean by that? Oh, peckish. I feel a little peckish. peckish. Yes, I, I was there for that. Yeah, John was there. And then everyone was like looking at me like, what are you oh, talking about? Peckish. I'm, peckish. I'm like, I'm hungry. Like a bird. A bird's peckish. It, it pecks yeah. at its food. Yeah. I, think, like, I hate when ahem, real definitions of words that sound like things that you can interpret badly ahem, make immature people react badly <laughs> and reduce our what? vocabulary because immature people can't mm. deal. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, we're moving on. Like so it? I'm thinking that Absolutely Dumbledore nothing. or Albus or Aberforth was still Hufflepuff. I'm still back on that. Yeah. That You know, although you raise a good point about being Gryffindor because that was brave. I mean, he could have gotten his butt just terminated by those, you know, but, now here's what I, Death Eaters. Here's what I'm saying, though, about... Even about, when he was younger, though. Yeah, we're talking about knowing what we know of him as a younger man, yeah. closer to... Okay, well, what he As a younger been man, how is he? How is he Slytherin? Um, I see nothing to support that. He's not a very ambitious guy. He wanted to stay home and take care of his sister. How ambitious is that? Pretty darn ambitious. <laughs> if anyone's <laughs> ambitious, uh, uh, Dumbledore is. He wanted. He was the one who wanted to go on the go out and be all the awards and whatnot. That's true. Um, well, um, he punched Dumbledore in the nose. Okay. okay. Well, in, in the I mean, in the- I just think you you are appealed to the dichotomy of the <laughs> of the Slytherin and Gryffindor that we already experienced with Sirius and Regulus. So why would why play out that type of storyline again? Because it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe sure likes to do things in Paris. But come on, he's let, let's talk about yes. Brave for a second. He in a, in a less in a more sly way, in a less run into the middle of the fight kind of way he is doing something very brave he's standing up to all those death eaters he's bringing kids in from in and out from hogwarts he's he he, he lies right to their face Absolutely. about the yeah. about the goat the patronus that's the right patronus I, 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 even when he's younger too like he was willing to sacrifice you know he wanted well i guess it's huffy yeah. when he's younger he, like not not caring about um he was he's willing to stay home and take care of his sister but he stood up to his brother yeah, about see, it yeah but he is also a mm. pragmatist. I mean, this is what he says to Harry. You've got to get as far from here as you can. You can't win. Just cut your losses right. and run. You know? Right. I just think, I just, I just view him as a Hufflepuff just because, I, I mean, and I'm not saying because I thought he does exude and exhibit some bravery in that sense. And, and, but doesn't mean you're so overt. Just, I just tend to think of Gryffindors as more being willing to openly leap into the fray and, and, and I think all the other houses exhibit bravery as well, but that doesn't necessarily just be overt about it as much as like, I just think Gryffindors are just right there, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I waver on that. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's that choice thing again that Joe is saying that if you sort too soon, you know, that maybe Aberforth just needed to yeah, come totally. to his own, you know, development and his own point in his life where he's just got to make these decisions and, and find that, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is a stumper. Would a, a Gryffindor really have a goat fetish? <laughs> I think that has. I think what that has fetishes has nothing I mean, to do with your house sorting situation. I think. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> at all. Well, 
Nothing. I, I could imagine the sorting hat up there being like, well, there's some ambition here and some family loyalty, <laughs> and there's also an, a, a, a fondness of goats. So we'll toss See, you in Gryffindor. Okay. Let's sort you out. This is why I think he's not a Slytherin. I, it's Slytherin. Is, it, there's the ambition and the uh, any means to to achieve his ends. What are what what ends if if Aberforth really did want to stay home and take care of Ariana, he would have figured out a way for that to be done. And so I don't think he's bra- I think Sue, I'm I'm going to go with you, so I think he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Back then. Back then I think he was a Hufflepuff. Maybe I think I'm leaning towards that way too. Yeah. What do you think? Hmm. I mean, he was a barkeep. And most Hufflepuffs tend to be... Dude, I'm not going to disagree with that, because remember, we talked about our wizarding jobs, and I'm telling you right now, and I am... Yeah, well... I love that none of us are even approaching Ravenclaw, because we're just... No, there's nothing there, Ravenclaw, at all. Yeah, I don't... I... mm -mm. What do you think, Frankie? That's the furthest guess. I was pretty stubborn with Gryffindor, but... Hufflepuff is... Hmm... Yeah, you know what? He, Darn it! He's, be say, like a, he's he thinking be about Hufflepuff. Yeah, because he's just so bold. Well, he's, he's like brazen. he's he's like um. I always I, I know it's so weird. I I know Neville's a true Gryffindor, but with the, all the herbology stuff in my mind, until like he runs out in the battle, he's he's very Hufflepuffy to me. So I think he's kind of yeah, a Neville he's just character. Just as much Hufflepuff as Hermione is a Ravenclaw. Right. You know right. I mean? It's like a Neville character. He's so. He's 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 brave when you need yeah, when you need him. Exactly. He's there. So maybe he is a Gryffindor. I'm so yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I just intuitively, just being me, being me, I want him to. I I just think he's a Gryffindor. But I am leaning towards Hufflepuff. See, now. and, I and see, I am colored by the fact because when we were in New York, when you're talking about Neville, who is my, I identify so much with him, and then she said that you know she had thought about Neville being in a Hufflepuff, you know. And I don't know. I just think that Aberforth had to come to that choice to that point. This was the, this was the the pivotal moment in your life. This is the one that matters, and he chose to to do that. So that's a very Gryffindorish thing to, that stance. But I just think too that he was also thinking of like putting the other people in and getting those kids in and out and other ways of there are other ways of being brave without being so overt about it. Too, no, so. no, no. I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't They're know. just show offs, those Gryffindor. No, 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 I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah, and he, he was know. intelligent on in how he was helping the kids, too. He does, he's not the leader type, and I think of Gryffindors as being more hmm. leaderish. I don't know. Interesting. Stumped. I'm, I'm, yeah. Stumped. Well, yeah, I guess some Gryffindor. But he's so independent. Like, honestly, like, he's not. And Hufflepuffs, to me, they have a strong sense of community. Yeah, working in a bar, though. I mean, serving the people. That seems to be like, pretty, like... Dumbled, like, Appleforth was content on... You're just hanging... It's not a limelight know. job. It's not, you know, just, just kind of like I'm going to be... That's true. That's true. You know, although he's, does, he's not very clean. His bar is not very clean, but, you it's know. It's not. <laughs> he can be alone with his Patronus. I don't know. I, I think I'm think I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to go um, with the... Um, Hufflepuff this time with a strong reservation Yay! on Gryffindor. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning. I'm leaning Huffle too. Okay, look at my brain tells me Hufflepuff, but my heart tells me Gryffindor. See, my brain tells me so Hufflepuff, and my heart says toss him in Slytherin. Oh, I don't understand. There's no reason in Slytherin. <laughs> he punched Albus in the nose. You have to be. Ugh, that's that's bra- that's that's him being bold. 
Yeah. So the ones don't punch Ooh, people. In good the point. They stab them in the back. Oh, you got me, Frankie. <laughs> I'm just being ornery today. <laughs> You're being a Slytherin. What? What? John, John's being ornery today. Never. I'm never usually ornery. On your no, knee. never. Never, ever. Well, my heart is always in Hufflepuff, so I'm, that's my final point. You, 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 gained, a, you gained a good uh, house member today. There we so. go. Hey. <laughs> we accept them all. No, they'll accept the lot. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, uh, just imagine his goat. <laughs> Abelforth is the goat boy of the Harry Potter world. Remember the 80s? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Remember goat boy? I'm, I'm out of this conversation. I'm yeah, gone. We're done. Okay. Oh. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, bit by bit, where we look at this book seven in the series a bit at a time. And we're starting on a new chapter this week, aren't we, kids? Chapter 12, Magic is Might. <laughs> yeah. I like that name. Oh, we threw 12 chapters in this already. <laughs> I am impressed. Yeah. Very nice. We win. we win. I like this. I like this chapter. This artwork on the. I don't in, in the U.S. chapters for those that are listening. The U.S. Um, il- chapters are illustrated by Mary Grandpre, and there's a very interesting one of I think Hermione <laughs> with her magic bag. That's the illustration, which we learn a little bit more about. <laughs> that magic bag is awesome. I wish my bag had that. Well, we open this chapter, and there are a lot of Death Eaters kind of swarming around outside Grimald Place because they've all gotten under. Harry's cunning plan to go the first place people will look for him to Grimald Place. Um, yes. Expelliarmus. Expelliarmus, indeed. Yeah. They're, the lurkers were never there, were never the same two days running, although they all, they all seemed to share a dislike for normal clothing. Most of the Londoners who passed them were used to eccentric dressers and took little notice. So we're now in like, you can tell it's in the heart of London because yeah. that's where you get that kind of dressing. Yeah. Well, what's that? What Trafalgar Square or something like that? Where they have they have kind of like very unusual people. I think it's like all over London. Is it? It's just, yeah. Okay. There's some crazy dressing going on. It's it's fun. Yeah, I like it. I, I, yeah, I want to go there. I think I think they should yeah. have disguised themselves like dressed like in goth or drag or something. <laughs> Death Eater goths. That's interesting. I, I think that, you know one can no, argue the, that Bellatrix already the is. <laughs> you know. I mean the trio. Oh, as well. I see. The trio to help themselves. Oh, uh, the trio. Not be noticed. Could you imagine the Death Eaters would never expect Harry to be in drag or in goth or something? That's that's true. Hmm. For real. Yeah. You know, thank you. A lot of people do that in London, don't they? <laughs> I, I'm just not about to answer that. Death Eaters by dressing goth. Yeah, that's a pretty common occurrence. Maybe I'm just watching the wrong TV shows. You might be. Pretty much. <laughs> Anybody watch Skins? Watch who? Watch Skins. Mm, no, no. It's like it's like the the OC for like uh, England, I guess. Oh, no. So it's they're oh, it must they're be pretty, riveting intelligent television. They get into more shenanigans. Dude, I watch I watch stuff like Robin Hood. I mean, I am a complete dork. Come on, I'm not gonna be watching Skins. It's yeah. just not gonna happen. I'm gonna get ripped on for calling it like the OC because it's not really like the OC at all. But <laughs> they're about the same age, I figure. Is it is it scripted or is it like it, a reality it's show? Scripted. Okay. Moving on. Anyway, inside number twelve, Grimald Place. Yes. On the first day of September, everybody's there's like there's like a pack waiting because they think that now Harry's going to think, oh, it's school. Uh, I must go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do they really think he's that stupid? Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) But I guess they have to cover their bases just to be safe. I guess it's just funny. It's funny. 
But it is pretty foolish. And that's so sad. I would have been so, ups- I don't know. I would have been very melancholy. The fact that like it's the first day of school and, no. and knowing that all my friends are going over there. But I guess the fact you're doing something for the greater good. I'm just surprised that Hermione right. didn't give him like a little assignment to do just to get him pretend. <laughs> I mean, for real. Do you think do you think they missed their their yearbook picture? Do they have yearbook pictures for I don't seniors? Know. That would be kind of cool. I doubt it, John. I don't know. If they have there should be a wizard. No, yeah. maybe it's done is They should have. Maybe it's like a kidnapped three muggles. And and spiked them, spiked Polyjuice Potion yeah. to make them look like them, and then send them out so they would be chasing these muggles. And then an hour later, oh, they'd be, be muggles of, again. That'd be kind of mean. No, it'd be good. What if they <laughs> get killed? Uh, it's I. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Could like you could just randomly kidnap muggles and Polyjuice them to look like Harry and like Imperial them to like go run around the Death Theaters and. Well, I guess Imperium wouldn't be no suit. Could you, like, confundle somebody to make them think that they're Harry Potter? Well, I like the newspaper. Well, well, before we get to the newspaper, can we just talk about Creature? Because he's just, like, so Mr. (gasps) Do you love him? He's Mr. Mom. He is. And look how they come in. He He runs off, tells Harry to take off his shoes, wash his hands, sees the invincibility cloak, hangs it on a hook. You know, he's running around happy as a clam it's it makes me so happy i agree with you i love that part and how he makes the um i saw that well, i know this is getting ahead of it but when he makes the pie for harry or whatever and they never get to come back i was sad yeah you think about poor creature and what you know you slaved away on that well but but poor creature i mean he i don't know it, they don't get to tell him goodbye they don't get to go back harry worries for him it's just such a huge turnaround with one little piece of affection you know yeah. yeah. Anyway. Aww. So now we find out the big news. Snape is headmaster. I know. I mean, what a headline. <laughs> that is just <laughs> so cool. Is it? That's, that's something I did not expect, I'll be honest. I wasn't thinking I was, it either, but it's kind of obvious, yeah. isn't it? It is obvious. That's one of the things that kind of was like, oh, yeah. duh. Because my big thing was like, who's going to be head of Gryffindor? Because I was like, now McGonagall's, um, you know, the headmistress. So I figured, who's going to be head of Gryffindor? And I was thinking, oh, Bill's going to be the head of Gryffindor because he's going to be the dark arts teacher. La, la, la. But then it's like, oh, yeah, never mind. You know, I love the, that Merlin's pants thing. I just, I'm back on that. But, you know. I love the Merlin's, Merlin's pants. And when pants. she comes back, he goes, and what in the name of Merlin's most baggy wife runs? Yes. Like, <laughs> <Ron> just. <laughs> That's improper. Ron just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so basically, Hermione realizes that that Phineas Nagellus is in Grimald Place, and she's got to go get his his portrait and put it in that tiny bag of hers. Mary Poppins bag. Wait, that's when they try to. Uh, she does that once they realize that Snape is the headmistress, the headmaster. Yes. Yes, because she says something about Dumbledore's study, and she goes, "Oh, Merlin's pants," and Ron's all, "Merlin's pants." She must be upset. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But I remember now, this is one of the things that I had predicted before the book came out, is that Hermione would be carrying around this bag, and she would, not not like a bag, but she would be able to, they'd bring a portrait with them. Yeah. And they would be able you to thought it would be it Dumbledore's portrait. portrait. I did think it would be Dumbledore's portrait, but come on, that's still a pretty... That would be pretty hard. I mean, that's, like, remember, remember what Joe said in, at Carnegie Hall? Like, you know, that would pretty much destroy the plot, mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah. do that. <laughs> At some point, I love when it breaks down the, yes, guys, this is still fiction. 
Yeah, we're still writing a book here. Still writing um, a book. <laughs> this isn't a historical account of actual events. Well, um, the fact that Hermione thought of that is one of the reasons why I love Hermione yeah. and her character. Yeah. She's just so essential and smart and clever. And it's just like, yeah. Hermione, you're the best. <laughs> she is. I miss Hermione. Mm, I love Hermione. She's what? still around. I miss Hermione. She's still around. I don't know. <laughs> don't Open know your books. Hermione <laughs> is only, Hermione would be 27 right now. Really? Yeah. Or 28, depending on when's her birthday. Ooh, September 19th. September? Yeah, she'd be 27 right now. She'd be 28 later in the year. She's a year older than me. What? I, I would have been going to, I would have been at Hogwarts the same year as Ginny and Luna. Oh, wow. FYI, because they were born in 81 like me. I don't know why this is relevant, okay. but I'm telling you. <laughs> Hermione's Sorry. older than me? Yeah. Yeah. Hermione was born in 80. Well, I liked how Hermione said that, that you know, they're, Ron started talking about the ministry and all of a sudden the blue robes comes up and she's like, what? That was a key thing, you know? It Wait, remind they, the audience who hasn't heard about the blue robes in a, in a while what that's all about? Uh, the blue the blue robes is the maintenance mm-hmm. robes. Right. Maintenance. Yes, of course. But that wasn't. Have they planned their excursion to the um, the ministry no, they're yet? They're in the middle like, of they planning start... it, and Ron gets all annoyed that she didn't mention. No, Hermione gets all all annoyed that Ron didn't mention mm-hmm. that everybody wears blue robes. And you got. I mean, you have to admit that's a big thing to you know. Yeah, it is. That's true, especially when you want to, when you want to sink in seamlessly. You can't. You can't look over the the, the subtleties. Yeah. Uh, she's like she's jumping all over them what's the point of these reconnaissance trips if you are even bothering to tell us you know and there's just you know it's just the two of them that little interchange show that how they bicker back and forth i just love it it's just their relationship and yet it's just i mean it's important stuff but it's well i loved it yeah and then like the reconnaissance trips those are that was really interesting to me especially because like they've they gotta he would have to ronda would have to watch his dad and his brother you know from afar you know and knowing that he can't contact them, even though he right. wants to. And like, I that's just that's a whole the dynamic to the story, just the maturity level of the fact that these these kids, you know, they're little, you know, they're like sixteen, seventeen years old, or I guess they're all seventeen, um, and they can't, you know. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. And then and then Hermione, we were talking about uh, the. Hermione's like imitating people. I'll be up on level one. Dolores wants to see me. <laughs> Just I don't know, Dolores. <laughs> yeah. Like the, we just got uh, done in that course. last chapter talking about Froggy Woman, you know the little toad and the, how evil she is. I just but look, <laughs> look at what Harry says on page two thirty. Wouldn't make any difference to her. She was so evil in the first place about how like if she had opened up the locket, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, and he's right. It mm. She's so evil. That's I guess that's what Joe's saying. She's so evil that it doesn't matter. Yeah, to her. I yeah, I agree. It's crazy. So they have this really terrible plan. Yeah, really terrible. <laughs> I just, it just, it, it makes me laugh because they spent months planning to swap identities with people and get into the ministry. I mean, doesn't that take one sitcom view to, to, to I swear. To get? <laughs> it, it, it's pretty damn grave considering that there's just a bunch of 16, 17 year old kids. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, some random high schoolers here in America trying to sneak into some government building. And, you know, have whatever plan they think is, is they're confident in, but they really think you can pull it off. Can I, can I just say this? That's, that's, I just think of Scooby-Doo every time I, when I read this part, cause, because they're just always, yeah. you're right, you know, because they're always like, Jackie and Scooby. Yes. Jackie and Scooby. Well, sneak in. But Eddie Izzard says it's an international calling card, Shaggy and Scooby. 
No, you're right. So it's just it's just like that kind of caper. We're gonna yes. we're gonna we're gonna go up and sneak steal some robes and boom. Silly. <laughs> And at the very end, they unmask Voldemort, and it's really the janitor. We would have got away with it. It's just so funny. And, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just funny. I would have gotten away if it wasn't for you and those kids in there. It's house true. Off. It's they, You know, every time, you know, it's Voldemort, every story, man, they get thwarted by the three kids. Okay, never mind. Those, those I love. Can I just say this? One of my favorite things in, in the entire series. Ron's going. It's one thing hanging around entrances under the cloak, but this is different. And because he, he doesn't want her to go, you're on the list of Muggleborns who didn't present themselves for interrogation. And she's like, and you're supposed to be dying of spatter right at the burrow. If anyone shouldn't go, it's Harry. He's got a ten thousand galleon price on his head. Yeah. And Harry says, "Fine, I'll stay here. Let me know if you ever defeat Voldemort, would you?" <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> can you just Harry's, just want to hug oh, him? Harry's <laughs> wit's amazing. <laughs> Harry's dark humor. The difference between Harry's very dark humor and Ron's very earnest humor uh-huh. just yeah. cracks me. Like mm. it's so clear. That is a very good observation. Yeah. I enjoy, that's that's true. Ron just goes for the joke, you know. And Harry has like a, a biting, sarcastic undercut. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's yeah. awesome. Biting. That's a good. That's a good idea. The that. fact that he can be funny still with all this stuff on his shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's what makes him such a such the, like the kid mm-hmm. that he is to be mm. able to. Uh, have a positive outlook and goof around and, you know, not be a total emo prick all the time. Like John. You think most people would be. What? Well, he's capable of love. That word That's cannot right. be used in the podcast. The P word? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Come on. I thought that was like common British slang. I don't care. Yeah. We, no. are, we are British. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes. We won't be. Um, no, yeah. But then, so, so do, do we want to go on to the dream, mm-hmm. or do we want? Well, how they got they get into the ministry by a combination of polyjuice and it's super fun. I don't. What, one thing that really frustrated me, like, why just make someone sick and like and give them that candy to throw up? Because they said even you know like yeah. it wears off like in an hour, right? Don't those candy yeah. so. Pull like, crab why not just stupefy all of them? But I guess they need They're falling the, back to what they know. They needed the, con- you know, yeah, they that's, the... that's just, they're, 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 they're falling back to what they know. I mean, so that's the Fred and George, they're in the safe confines of Hogwarts, you know, that's so they just falling back yeah. to what they know. They just aren't thinking, you know. But in, before we get to that part, though, right, Melissa, we have this fair, well, fairly dramatic yeah. thing. And what is that fairly dramatic thing, Seuss? As a dream, one of those. T- it's not a dream. It's his mind connections. Ooh, I don't it's know. Like a vision, vision. It's a vision, and it's pretty dramatic. Actually, I thought I, I was not expecting this, but you know, Gravor. Yeah, I'm Gregorovich. Yeah, the wand maker that we'd always kind of just heard that one name like once or twice before, and then. Whew. I love that name. Yeah. It's such a cool name. Yeah. So Voldemort's basically hunting down Gregorovich, and she, he, Harry, sees him. Yeah. Um, murdering a woman and two children. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's terrifying and sad. Do you think they ever call him Greg for short? That's the thing to yes, be concerned John, about. A woman sure. and a child. I'm sure that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, I think you think he probably would hate that. He'd be like, don't call me Greg. <laughs> I'm old Greg. Yeah, I, wow. Um, okay. I think I'm done here. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we explain what's going to happen with Phoenix Files from here on out? Yeah. Yes, Phoenix Files. We are 
um, going to take Phoenix Files bit by bit, and by bit we mean the next 15, 20-minute segment at a time until we're done. Because I think we're all past the fifth movie, right? Yeah. I think, but it's yeah. funny because like the last bit of that movie is like the best part, I think, anyway, the ministry battle. But well, We could do a nice long discussion on it then. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we do <laughs> next time everything up to the ministry battle? Then we'll do the ministry battle, and then we'll do everything after, and then we're done. Yay! Works for me. What about you guys? Yay! It's like a commentary, kind of. Awesome. Right, well, let's uh, let's play awesome. the last of this first round of Pottercast oh, acting cool. troupe audition. Yeah. <gasps> dun dun dun. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, here we are again with the final selection of our first round for the Pottercast acting troupe. Today's group are the younger girl roles. We have six of them, and we're going to play them for you right here. Starting with audition number one. You'd think people had better things to gossip about, said Ginny, as she sat on the common room floor, leaning against Harry's legs and reading the Daily Prophet. Three dementor attacks in a week, and all Romalda Vane does is ask me if it's true you've got a hippogriff tattooed across your chest. Ron and Hermione both roared with laughter. Harry ignored them. What did you tell her? I told her it's a Hungarian horntail, said Ginny, turning a page in the newspaper idly. Much more macho. Thanks, said Harry, grinning. And what did you tell her Ron's got? A pygmy puff, but I didn't say where. Ron scowled as Hermione rolled around laughing. Watch it, he said, pointing warningly at Harry and Ginny. Just because I've given my permission doesn't mean I can't withdraw it. Your permission, scoffed Ginny. Since when did you need to give me permission to do anything? Anyway, you said it yourself you'd rather it was Harry than Michael or Dean. Yeah, I would, said Ron grudgingly. And just as long as you don't start snogging each other in public. You filthy hypocrite! What about you and Lavender thrashing around like a pair of eels all over the place, demanded Ginny. And number two. Are you sure that's a real spell, said the girl. Well, it's not very good, is it? I've tried a few simple spells just for practice, and it's all worked for me. Nobody in my family is magic at all. It was ever such a surprise when I got my letter, but I was ever so pleased, of course. I mean, it's the very best school of witchcraft there is, I've heard. I've learned all my course books by heart, of course. I just hope it'll be enough. I'm Hermione Granger, by the way. Who are you? She said this all very fast. Harry looked at Ron and was relieved to see by a stunned face that he hadn't learned all the course books by heart either. I'm Ron Weasley, Ron muttered. Harry Potter, said Harry. Are you really? said Hermione. I know all about you, of course. I got a few extra books for background reading, and yawn modern magical history and the rise and fall of the dark arts, and the great wizarding events of the twentieth century. Am I? said Harry, feeling dazed. Goodness, didn't you know? I'd have found everything I could if it was me, said Hermione. Do either of you know what house you'll be in? I've been asking around, and I hope I'm in Gryffindor. It stands by far the best. Number three. I forgot to ask you, what happened on your date with Cho? How come you were back so early? Well, it was a complete fiasco, now that you mention it. So then, she jumps upright and says, I'll see you around, Harry, and runs out of the place. I mean, what was that about? What was going on? Oh, Harry. Well, I'm sorry, but you were a bit tactless. Me? Tactless? 
One minute we were getting on fine. Next minute she was telling me that Roger Davies asked her out, and how she used to go and snog Cedric in that stupid tea shop. How was I supposed to feel about that? Well, you see, you shouldn't have told her that you wanted to meet me halfway through your date. But, but you told me to meet you at twelve and to bring her along. And how was I supposed to do that without telling her? You should have told her differently. You should have said it was really annoying, but I'd made you promise to come along to the three broomsticks. And you really didn't want to go. You'd much rather spend the whole day with her. But unfortunately, you thought you really ought to meet me. And would she please, please come along with you? And hopefully, you'd be able to get away more quickly. And it might have been a good idea to mention how ugly you think I am too. But I don't think you're ugly, Harry. You're worse than Ron. Well, no, you're not. Look. You upset Cho when you said you were going to meet me, so she tried to make you jealous. It was her way of trying to find out how much you liked her. Is that what she was doing? Well, wouldn't it have been easier if she just asked me whether I liked her better than you? Girls don't often ask questions like that. Well, they should. And I could have just told her I fancy her, and she wouldn't have had to get herself all worked up again about Cedric dying. Not saying what she did was sensible. I'm just trying to make you see how she was feeling at the time. You should write a book translating the mad things girls do, so boys can understand them. And number four. Ginny kissed Albus goodbye. See you at Christmas. Bye, Al. Said Harry as his son hugged him. Don't forget, Hagrid's invited you to tea next Friday. Don't mess with Peeves. Don't duel anyone till you've learned how. And don't let James wind you up. What if I'm in Slytherin? The whisper was for his father alone, and Harry knew that only the moment of departure could have forced Albus to reveal how great and sincere that fear was. Harry crouched down so that Albus's face was slightly above his own. Alone of Harry's three children, Albus had inherited Lily's eyes. Albus Severus, Harry said quietly, so that nobody but Ginny could hear, and she was tactful enough to pretend to be waving to Rose, who was now on the train. You were named for two headmasters of Hogwarts. One of them was a Slytherin, and he was probably the bravest man I ever knew. But just say, then Slytherin House will have gained an excellent student, won't it? It doesn't matter to us, Al, but if it matters to you, you'll be able to choose Gryffindor over Slytherin. The Sorting Hat takes your choice into account. Really? It did for me," said Harry. He had never told any of his children that before, and he saw the wonder in Albus's face when he'd said it. But now the doors were slamming all along the scarlet train, and the blurred outlines of parents were swarming forward for final kisses, last-minute reminders. Albus jumped into the carriage, and Ginny closed the door behind him. Students were hanging from the window nearest them. A great number of faces, both on the train and off, seemed to be turned towards Harry. Why are they all staring? demanded Albus as he and Rose craned round to look at the other students. Don't let it worry you," said Ron. "It's me. I'm extremely famous. 
Albus, Rose, Hugo and Lily laughed. The train began to move, and Harry walked alongside it, watching his son's thin face already ablaze with excitement. Harry kept smiling and waving, even though it was like a little bereavement, watching his son glide away from him. The last trace of steam evaporated in the autumn air. The train rounded a corner. Harry's hand was still raised in farewell. He'll be all right, murmured Ginny. As Harry looked at her, he lowered his hand absent-mindedly and touched the lightning scar on his forehead. I know he will. The scar had not pained Harry for nineteen years. All was well. Number five. Anyway, said Hermione, continuing their interrupted conversation as though a lump of wood had not just attacked them. Slughorn's going to have a Christmas party, Harry, and there's no way you'll be able to wriggle out of this one, because he actually asked me to check your free evenings so he could be sure you could to have it on the night you can come, Harry groaned. Ron, meanwhile, who was attempting to burst the pod in the bowl by putting both hands on it, standing up and squashing it as hard as he could, said angrily, And this is another party just for Slughorn's favourites, is it? Yeah, just for the Slug Club, said Hermione. The pod flew out from under Ron's fingers and hit the greenhouse glass, rebounding onto the back of Professor Sprout's head and knocking off her old patch hat. Harry went to retrieve the pot. Pod. When he got back, Hermione was saying, Look, I didn't make up the name Slug Club. Slug Club, repeated Ron with a sneer worthy of Malfoy. It's pathetic. Well, I hope you enjoy your party. Why don't you try getting off with McLagan? Then Slughorn can make you king and queen slug. We're allowed to bring guests, said Hermione who for some strange reason had turned a bright, boiling starlet. And I was going to ask you to come, but if you think it's that stupid, then I won't bother. Harry suddenly wished the pod had flown a little further, so he need not have been sitting there with a pair of them. Unnoticed by either, he seized the bowl that contained the pod and began to try and open it by the noisiest and most energetic means he could think of. Unfortunately, he could still hear every word of their conversation. You were going to ask me, asked Ron, in a completely different voice. Yes, said Hermione angrily, but obviously if you'd rather I got off with McLagan. There was a pause while Harry continued to pound the resilient pod with a trowel. No, I wouldn't, said Ron in a very quiet voice. And finally, number six. Protego totalum, salvio hexia, carve inimisum. Didn't I say it was any rumpin' horn? Didn't I tell him? And now his house has been blown apart. Oh, I hope they don't kill him. That's why I wanted the Death Eaters to catch a glimpse of Harry before we left. So they knew Xenophilius hadn't been lying. You're supposed to be in bed with Spatter, right, Ron? They've kidnapped Luna because her father supported Harry. What happened to your family if they knew you were with him? My parents are in Australia. They should be alright. They don't know anything. But I'd feel so sorry for Xenophilius should anything befall Luna. Oh, why did we go there? Harry, you were right. It was Godric's Hollow all over again. A complete waste of time. Deadly Hallows. Such rubbish. Although, actually, well, he might have made it all up, mightn't he? He probably doesn't believe in the Deadly Hallows at all. He just wanted to keep us talking until the Death Eaters arrived. Well, I don't suppose it matters. Even if he was being honest, I never heard such a load of nonsense in all my life. And that is it for the first round of auditions. As you know, we've had some issues with the voting process the past few weeks. 
this week. However, there will be a page on Pottercast.com featuring all three polls from all three parts of this first round auditions, where you can vote for this week's selection of the younger girl parts, as well as last week's section, which was all of the guys, and the first week, which were the the, uh, adult female roles as well. We'll give about a week or so to collect the votes, and we'll be back with our second round of auditions, including callbacks for the lead roles. And that's it. Until next time. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles for you to choose to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. Log on to Audible.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, Audible.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. Welcome to Scurvy 5, the five-minute podcast of the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project, Scurvulous. I'm Laura, or Music Cows, and with me today I have Aaron, or Calpheus. Hello. And Linda, or Mosaic. Hello. Today we are talking about something that I know a great deal about, actually. I would even go so far as to say that I'm somewhat of an expert on this topic. Really, Aaron? What's that? Climate change. I actually did my master's thesis on it. Um... Aaron, this is Scribulous, not your nerdy science podcast. Did you mix up your scripts? Nope. This week's topic is in issue 23 of Scribulous, a breaking daily profit article called An Inconvenient Charm, Magic Running the, Ruining the Planet, Warns Scientist by Nimbus 1944. Wait, Aaron, are you saying that this article is about climate change, aka global warming? Yep, I sure am. Now, when I did my lengthy research at MIT, I never ran across any signs that magic was the cause of climate change. But what is the research of MIT in the face of self-styled scientists Oddenham, Audie, Woodford, and his fascinating and detailed homespun research? I mean, this guy really seems to know his stuff, ladies. Uh, I read that essay too, Aaron, and I'm not so sure. I think you seem like a crackpot. Oh, no, you don't, Laura. You are sounding like one of those oil lobbyists or a spokesperson for the auto industry. And now, since his news came out, Audi is not only up against all those muggle opponents to his environmental cause, but also he's up against all the wand manufacturers worldwide, not to mention the magical transportation lobby. Honestly, I've never seen an issue generate heat so quickly. They wouldn't be so upset if there wasn't something to it. Audie says, very convincingly, I might add, whilst we, witches and wizards, that is, pretend to ourselves that we are operating beyond nature's confining rules, all our magic can only manipulate the world in accordance with standard scientific principles, albeit in marvelous ways. His point is driving straight toward the creation of CO2 that results from all magic. And being an expert on climate change, I can attest to the fact that CO2 is indeed the important issue at hand. (laughs) Aaron, if I recall correctly, this Adi fellow had also suggested that there is, and I quote, some monster in the apparition world hacking off body parts off travelers passing through. (laughs) Now, Laura, you're taking that completely out of context. And back to the point about CO2. He says, transfiguration is a good example. When a pig is transformed into a desk, a carbon-based life form is being changed via the wand flash 
into a silica-based object. Magic or not, a chemical process has to take place. The pig's carbon molecules are dispersed into the air and are ignited by the energy of the wand flash. The result is the creation of carbon dioxide. Flamel's law of conservation of port key matter demands carbon expenditure and carbon recovery. Equal amounts of carbon are used, true, but the pig reforms by drawing reforms by drawing carbon molecules from the earth. C, carbon, elemental carbon, not CO2. The CO2 once created is in the atmosphere to stay until inhaled by plants. Yep, sounds like a bunch of hogwash to me. You know, I'm not sure. I read the article too, but I wasn't really sure what to think. Didn't he say something about a carbon wand print, Aaron? I seem to recall that term, but I didn't really understand it. Yes, he's referring to the amount of CO2 produced by your wand. The wand print, a very clever term, if you use a great deal of magic, especially problematic for transfiguration and, worse still, prolonged spells. Aaron, the guy just wants to make money. It's obvious to me. He's selling charm credits to anyone willing to buy them. He claims to be planting trees in the name of environmentally conscious citizens who pay him. It sounds crooked. Well, everyone has to make a galleon, Laura. Seriously, Aaron, I think the shepherd's cloak and the wacky gadgets and the fact that he lives in Wigglesworth on a ribble, not to mention the wild eyes and lightning-struck hair, it all says crackpot to me. Okay, okay, no fighting, ladies. We don't want to end up with a reaction as bad as the one at Hogwarts when this article first came out. What reaction was that, Linda? Yeah, do tell, Linda. Well, it seems the faculty are divided on the issue, and it caused a bit of disruption of classes. I heard that Professor McGonagall easily stopped the wand use protest organized organized by Professor Trelawney the day after the news came out, but nothing could appease Hagrid. He began crying so much that they had to sedate him in the hospital wing, where he took up four beds. Madame Pomfrey is very upset. He keeps disturbing her other patients by shouting, Must plant more trees! Must plant more trees! We can't let this divisive issue affect the scrupulous staff as well. I suggest that everyone just read the article and make up their own quiet decision. Okay, Linda, good point. Yeah, I suppose you're right on that, Linda. Thank you. So if you do want to make up your own mind about Audius theories, be sure to read his article, along with many other fabulous ones, at www.scribulus.com. And while you're on our website, be sure to check out the calls page. We'd love to see your essays. That's right. Our upcoming calls are July 2008 issue, Family Dynamics. Please submit those by June 5th. September 2008 is Plot Holes and How to Fill Them. Please submit those by August 5th. October 2008 is Dark Magic. Please submit that by September 5th. And November 2008 is Everything I Know I Learned from Harry Potter. Please have those in by October 5th. And remember, we accept essays on any topic at any time as well. That's all the time we have this week, guys. We'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 Hey, John. Guess what I did today? I went and ate food. Uh, Food, lots of food. Now I know where. And you know, I went for the first time by myself. I went. Did you really? Yes, I went to Chipotle by myself. 
Oh, how was it? It was delicious. It was so good because the last time I had it was with mm. you guys, and I'm like, oh, but I just was like so down, yeah. so depressed. I'm like, I must dive into some chili corn salsa, or whatever that is. Oh, see, I don't like the corn. Oh, the chili corn salsa Ooh. is the way to go. Oh, that stuff is the best in the world. Ooh, so good. That's a well-advised burrito. You picked you picked burritos as, as your choice of comfort mm. food. I picked myself a nice big chunk oh, of chocolate. See, yeah. Mm. Literally, I was at my parents' house at the exact yeah. moment, and they'd have downstairs in their fridge a big thing of chocolate that you can just yeah. ne- like. <laughs> non. It's just it's from the Trump Marina when they were there for uh, Atlantic City at some That's point. That's amazing. You basically take a little milk? hammer and you <laughs> knock off. Oh. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> So I was all depressed, so I went I downstairs and I knocked off a piece of chocolate kind of and chocolate I gnawed on it? it for like an hour. It was hey. so, so much. No, it was so good, but. Good chocolate. Delicious chocolate. Delicious chocolate. So, Sue, you picked the burrito and I went for the sweets. You know? You know? Joe picks chocolate, you know, gets his dementors for a reason. So that's that's normally what I wanted. But I wanted cheese and something just, I I don't know, and yummy Mm. and full. And I just got it. I hear that. Mm. I'm hungry, too. So don't you have a story about Chipotle (laughs) to update us on, Mr. John, about Chipotle? Speaking of that, don't you have a a story? You want something. Do we, really? Yeah, you do, John. Oh, no, you were going to talk no, about it this week. Right now, oh, so. I can't even get my story Fail. straight. No. This is a big deal, you guys. This was a trip. We were in Boston, and uh, we were watching the screening for this cool documentary like called We Are Wizards, and there was mm-hmm. a raffle, like a door prize, and yours truly won the raffle. What? And guess what the prize was, you guys? Pellegrino. Yes. What would be the perfect <laughs> prize I, I, for me? Take but 50, <gasps> not 50, not free Pellegrinos, 50 free burritos from Chipotle. <laughs> oh, my God. No, he did. And I remember we sat down with no clue about how, how, how do you get and, 50? And this is, 50. And this is, so we sat down. Listen, raffles. we sat down. We had no idea what any of the raffles were. We just knew we yeah. had a little ticket in our hands. And I remember hearing, oh, this is for 10 Chipotle burritos or for whatever, 50. And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be hilarious if John won? But yeah. there's like 600 people here. Never, ever. Well, I was I was sitting there with my ticket and I thought I'd be a funny guy because they, they had like two or three winners of this prize. And like the first two that got called, whenever they, whenever they call the number, I'm like, woo! And I threw my hands up like I won, even though I didn't, just to be obnoxious. Shock. <laughs> I did it with the second one, too. And yeah, then and the third one, I did it before I even looked at the number. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I, those, are the, those are the right first two numbers. And I looked, and I'm like, oh, my God. And the, and the funny thing was is that I didn't woo that time. I was too in shock to even woo for my actual people- win. All around me were going, John won, John won. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no whatever. They're like, no, 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 really, John won. I was like, no way. Yeah. So then, right after the show, what does he do? That's Take so awesome. Burritos. I did because here's the catch. Here's the catch. You win, but you win a card that says this card is good for ten oh. burritos. And I'm like, oh, that's a funny joke. They might, maybe they punch a card or something or do a thing. No, no, no. You need to eat ten at the time. So if you need to either be ridiculously hungry and weigh ten thousand pounds, <laughs> or you need to bring nine friends. Will. You need to bring nine friends with you, and that's what we did. So we brought friends and wow. had. Um, so was it fifty or ten? Had uh, burritos, and yeah. now um, burritos for our little our little trip to Orlando for Disney World Day. I will be bringing I probably go a good fifteen twenty people to Chipotle. 
Can we explain about this shortly? What Basically, about I'm doing a thing now where I'm slowly but surely, now that I have time, going to visit my friends. So, watch out, you guys. You're all coming up. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to visit John. And this happens to fall on the week when there's this conference down in Florida. So, that they, they've been emailing us about where the actors are going to be at it. What actors, John? You know. Phelps Twins. Phelps Twins. Devin singular. Murray. Not, not both. Phelps. Phelps. One, one Phelps. Yeah, one <laughs> uh, better half. Devin Murray and who else? Um, Devin Murray. Hold on. Um, Tonks. Natalia Tuna. Tuna. Mm-hmm. Tuna. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Tonks. She's going to be here there. Oliver Phelps is going. Devin Murray is going. Stan. I- oh, Crumb. Crumb. Yum, Crumb. Crumb is going. Hopefully we can bug him about whether or not he's going to be in Deathly Hollows. And uh, David <laughs> D- Dico who I believe, according to IMDb, is a stand-in for the marvelous and talented Rupert Grint. Um, so he will have all kinds of stories about going out and partying with Rupert, no doubt. Oh, John. Oh, John. <laughs> no, so basically, it's what happened. So I emailed the girl and said, I'm going to be down there. I'll just stop by. We'll do a quick interview, video package for Leaky, etc., whatever. And she was like, oh, well, let's do a podcast. And I said, okay, sure. You know, so this is, it's weird. It's not like a thing where everybody from Leaky is flying out. We're doing like a big tour thing. So if you guys... Every all of us four are welcome to be on this podcast. You just come down, you know. It's not like, but so yeah, right. Get down there somehow, <laughs> please. But so now we, there's we a might podcast. Be able to call them out. We're still figuring that out. Hopefully what do you mean, call them out? To actually have that be cool. <gasps> Yay! So we can call you guys. We're gonna. We're, we might be able to. We might be able to. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, we'll try, it. but. Anyway, John, what are what are the actual details of timing and whatnot? Um, we're still trying to figure out our time. It might be either at 3 p.m., which is uh, before a lot of the Potter festivities Wait. on Friday, which is Friday the... Um, not next weekend or the following. It is Friday the 23rd of May, either at 3 p.m. or it might be at 1 a.m. <laughs> after the Wiz Rockumentary. 1 a.m.? I'm going to screen that movie, so... 1 a.m. would be Who's pretty screening? hardcore. They're screening the Wiz documentary down there. Yeah, I had no. And idea. there is also a Wiz Rock show with uh, some uh, local um, Florida Wiz Rock bands. So I like stumbled into this mega Harry Potter yeah, thing. Yeah, it's pretty BA, I gotta say. I'm excited yeah. about it, and it is in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you guys are in the area, I think it's only like a. <laughs> $30 registration fee, which uh, compared to most other conventions is pretty darn good deal. And, um, so that's great. All the actors are going to be on the podcast, and then we'll... Yeah, that'd be great. It's like a full day. It's like a conference day, basically. Yeah, it'll be fun fun times. Yeah. Cool! Is this? A random live show in the middle of whatever. Yep. Uh, May 23rd. That will be Pottercast, I think, 153, I perhaps. Guys, let's tour again. Let's do it. Let's I want to. I'm ready. That'd be so much fun. That'd be fun. I is do it. I ready. is ready. You know, I am. You, you all is ready. You guys need to uh, send us your emails if you think. We <laughs> oh, let's do East Coast, please. I've never been East, East Coast. Coast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd die. Yeah, for real. <gasps> you never, never. Oh, I want to start in so May. Fabulous. Anywhere on the East Coast. Uh, I want to start in Maine. How about the two oh weeks gosh. leading up to Terminus? Ooh. Ooh. And we can maybe go up, up from maybe up Chicago. from Florida and then cut over to Chicago. I don't that know why I like seeing that. <laughs> you know, there's 
Frankie, are you serious? You've never been on East Coast? We had so much fun. And people. No, was it Boston? Yeah, it was Boston for like five hours on a layover once. And like my, I was like, I just out of high school, and my parents were like, "You can't leave because we're going to Portugal." I'm like, I know. We'd have. And if you guys come to New York. You can have that's, mom's pasta. That's a definite. Oh, yes. I'm in for that. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> there's there's pasta involved. I'm there. <laughs> August 3, I have to be in New York. Okay. Just yeah. FYI. <laughs> I'm just putting yeah, that out there. Scared. Whatever we do, we got to plan it around August 3. i got to yeah. leave you guys and be in New York. So August, when is Terminus? Yeah. The 6th to the 11th. Um, so, but, but the Wizard Rock Day is the 6th, I think. And it starts the 7th. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. Okay. We have to be there before that. Because <coughs> head of awesome. house. John's house, too. <laughs> in my house. <laughs> we were just talking about Terminus this. Is gonna How, what, house, what house are you in if you live on the West Coast? Oh, I think there's one of two. It's either like, um, I forget, Aeolian or something. No, that's the whole university. It's, um, <gasps> what are the names? There's Brubu and Pampero. And then the and, word I can't oh say God. is M. I call it Mataman- Montezuma, but that's not it. <laughs> They'll kill me. They're like, oh, you're trying to start house <laughs> wars. No, that's not it. Um, I, I, okay. But so why, why, John? Do you think that's when you're going to be, because you're moving out there to the evil west away from me? No, I'm already, I'm already declared in my house. <laughs> Too bad. Well. I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm finding it. You guys talk it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk. I'm like, talk. Well, you have to come to Atlanta, anything. though. If we do anything, we have to go to Atlanta because the South, I love the South. We have to go to the South. Yeah, I'm there. Never. I've, Frankie, you've never been. We should, we should go I've been, like, um, like, West Coast stuff, but not even no, up. San, I've never been to San Francisco, and I, I live, like, six hours away from it. But I've been to Nevada, Utah, Idaho, Arizona, Mexico, the Azores Islands, off the coast of Portugal, and Israel. Matanuska. So it's Kohilo House and Matanuska House. Matanuska. Babushka. Babushka. No, I call. That's what I call. I, that's what I call Brian's house. Who's Brian Ross? Who's Drake on the Mouth Boys? Head of. It's Brew Boo, but I call. But I call Boo Boo House Bru-bru. just because I love to, to pick on him. Because is it. Is it Brew Boo? Because I've been saying Brew Boo. I think Brew Boo. Hey, Brew Boo. Okay. You're right. It's Brew Boo. See, I, all those names are hard. hard. You know, and then they expect me, who slaughters names on a regular basis, to say this. And I'm like, I'm doomed, man. I'm doomed. So, but, but I just think Boo Boo. <laughs> What's that ice cream called? Boo Boo for Brian. <laughs> I'm ex- I am excited for people to be walking around the conference going, Brew Brew, Kohilo, Mantanuska, you know, Pampero, all the time. All, it's all the words you're going to hear. It's not going to make any sense. Okay, but I've been pronouncing a word wrong my whole it. life. I learned the other day. I'm just going to have a jo- big name tag that says where I should be. <laughs> just hope somebody points I right am going to festoon you in Pampero colors one night when you're, like, asleep. I'm going to do Excellent. it, and I'm going to take pictures and plaster oh them everywhere. I can't wait I to festoon so. John. That's fun. That's uh, my plan. <laughs> <laughs> we get to festoon I get to keep yes, saying you're going to festoon you. I don't even know what that the, means. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Decorate. Oh, jeez. Decorate festively. Yeah. Festoon's one of my oh, favorite dude. words. It's such a, an old it. English Ooh. word, but I love it. I love it. Before we wrap up, I have, okay. to, I have to get something Real to wrap quick. up. So, so, Frankie, don't you have a story to oh, tell us, share with the audience before we go? Was. It was about... I just... Okay, well, I, just, I, got, a, I got an email from a one of our listeners, and she's doing like a daily vlog. And one of her vlogs was about her going down to the grocery store and buying uh, 
a bottle of Pellegrino, and it was just and her tasting it, and it was really funny. And um, but I forgot why I was going to bring it up. There was a more legitimate reason for me just to bring it up rather than talking about Pellegrino, because I know I like talking about Pellegrino. But um, <laughs> she's just come on, let's have a random yeah, chorus of Pellegrino and she put song. A hat on and she danced to the Pellegrino time. song. It was pretty funny. Pellegrino. And then she did another video saying that that Pottercast stole her identity because it was. Bree and Mel. Her last name is Melvin. It was pretty funny. Her last name is Melvin. Really? Yeah. It's po- totally pointless. <laughs> okay, so so we all know mm-hmm. our, our friend Cheryl Klein, right? She gave me a gift this week. It is the big paperback, gigantic paperback of Harry Potter at, at Les Reliques de la Mort. It's Harry Potter Whoa, and the Death cool. of in French, and. It's amazing. It's so French. It's so, so French. Because the, the cover... Well, because, you know, it's, like, so resolutely moody, emo. Like, the front of the American cover is all bright, glorious colors and hope. And this is all... The front is Harry is stand, Oh, I've seen that one with the shell cottage. And the back is... Oh, yeah. Back is yeah. Like, you know, oh, gosh. So... And yeah, yeah. Well, they don't show shell cottage. They just show the, the grave under the tree. So it's all, like, moody and... and, and um, watercolors yeah and, ah you know so it makes me laugh so then um since i am i am terrible at french i have not a french speaking <laughs> bone in my body um i decided nice. i'm gonna pick one of the great lines of deathly hollows every week and Uh-oh. pronounce it very very badly in french nice and uh, this one is gonna be my favorite one because i get to say oh. something that i never get to say on podcast i know what it is so <laughs> i got advice on this one, so but you know it's <laughs> I can't do it. I'm laughing too hard. Hold on. Oh, yeah. I know how to say that in French, Melissa. <laughs> it's so funny in French. I can't. fil asbestos. Sorry. It means not my daughter, you bitch, which I can say on podcast because That's it's in the terrible. book. So there. Um, and I love espèce, apparently. E-S-P with an E-C-E and the mm. second to last E has an accent on it. It means like... It's like a modifier, apparently, that means, like, subhuman, and, or, or, like, less than, or, and Garce is, like, a real, it's, it's, you know, it sound it is the way it sounds. Oh, we lost two. <laughs> That's it? I That's what it we was? Lost two. <laughs> but hey, it was in the book, so there, there's my badly spoken French for the week. What should I do next week? What part from Dusty Hollow? Hmm. Mm. Or two weeks from now, or whatever. Yes. It's so funny. The best is when when Crumb's speaking. What? All his R's are completely <laughs> okay. Wow. Like he's growling. So gr- Grindelwald. So Grindelwald is Grindelwald. You'll, you'll have to get to the it's part so when funny. they snog. You have to practice your snogging in French. Yeah, my snogging sounds. Oh, I, I bet, bet snogging in French is more intense than it is in American. I took three French years of French in high school. Want to hear my sentence in French? I know how to say. Mon chat s'appelle Sassy. I'll voila at the bibliothèque dans son fromage. Yes, whoever can say what that is, there's something about a library. Translate it perfectly. I will be very happy. <laughs> I might draw that something. I don't know. Patronus. But it has to be the exact translation. Oh. It'll be revealed next we week's like show. That. Dun dun dun. Or, Sorry. Ooh, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Alrighty, people. I think it's time. I think it's that time again, guys. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, totally time. <laughs> it's time to. St- um, whoa, what is it? Uh, keep twirling those dials. Oh, the next password will be <laughs> Parlez-vous Francais. Keep safe. Nice. Guys. Oh, keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. Ew, there's something we can